0: roto grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports the morning grind stevie tpfl and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's dfs slate without further ado here's your host Stephen young What is up everyone? It is Monday. It is July. It is the 14th of July, and I am not Stevie Tio, but PFL. I am Grant Nefer. I'm taking over from today. I believe he's out on a little baby moon. Uh, having having a kid fairly soon. Wants to take a few days more off of work, even though we ought to all-start break, but it's well deserved for him. He knows what he's doing, and he crushed NASCAR this weekend, but I'm taking over from today. He'll be back tomorrow, and I am joined by Jordan Cooper. I actually don't don't even know your- I know. I know your screen name's Blender. I can't actually remember what your ne- real name is.
1: <laughs> you got it right. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, as, as long as you follow me on Twitter at BlenderHD and, uh, and go with the uh, hashtag play wherever you want and GPP, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't think my, – my screen name's basically my name, but uh, people actually thought my last name was spelled G-Neefer. For the longest time, and some people still do. So if you're listening right now and you think that's my last name, it's not. It's The G is not there. But in any case, welcome to the Just in the Morning Grind and our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. If you haven't signed up for Fantasy Draft, making bad life choices, sign up using the RG link. Get free premium over there. Get free contests that we occasionally run. Uh, I got to go see or hang out with Drew Brees once over on Fantasy Draft because I signed up through RG. So do that. And they have a nice little $7,500 home run. Only three outfielders, three infielders, three utilities. So you can really build whatever you want. So play over on our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Apparently, rake freeze coming soon, so stay tuned for that. But we only have a 10-game slate, so we had a little bit of time to mess around. But I'm ready to get into this. You ready, Jordan? Sure, let's go. What do I call you? Do I call you Blender or Jordan?
1: Yeah, call me, call me whatever you want. As long as I'm on the top of GPPs, I don't care.
0: All right, sounds good to me. Let's start off with the first game. It is the Dodgers versus the Phillies here. We have Kershaw going up against Eflin. Uh, let's see. A 10 implied team total, 10 and a half implied team total here. Uh, let's start off with Kershaw. Oh wait, no, it's not a 10 whatever it is. Whatever the implied total is, uh, let's start off with Kershaw here. He's the favorite going up against a Philly team. Obviously, a great pitcher. Don't know how late he's going to go into the games. So, like great real life pitcher, but not a huge K rate. You got any interest in Kershaw at his high
1: price tag? Well, I'm not sure if it's even going to be Kershaw. I, I know some sites are listing Bueller, uh, so I'm I'm not exactly sure. I, I mean, th- I see Kershaw, but I would much rather play Walker Bueller against the the Phillies than Kershaw. I think 10.7. I think he's still getting the price tag up for who he used to be. Uh, But I don't have a problem necessarily playing him against the Phillies if I'm going to pay up at pitching because we'll see going going down this slate that there are a lot of pay down options, but not the greatest of pay up options. Everyone has kind of a little bit of a flaw either with uh, who they are or uh, the matchup. But, uh, you know, I I would not be opposed to Kershaw at sub 10% ownership against the Phillies team that has a higher strikeout rate. So I think... See, the problem with Kershaw is that his ceiling is, is so much lower for his price tag that I could see him getting eight strikeouts, but typically I don't want to pay 10K for eight strikeouts.
0: Yeah, no, there's just really not a ceiling with him. and It'd be different if he was going late into games and had potential for a complete game here. But, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same thing on every single slate. If he's at super low ownership, then yes, you can play him. Uh, but this is a weird slate where we have a lot of big run total teams like Great hitting weather all over the place. You want to pay it for those big bets that can get home runs. So I'm crossing him off my list probably entirely. If Bueller's there, that's a completely different story. Um, if Bueller is pitching, which I'm not seeing anything, he's around the same price tag. I would love to play Bueller, but uh, Kershaw, no no chance I'm going to play him. Uh, what about on the other side? Eflin, still for some reason 8.2K, even though he's been trashed this year. Any interest in him? I'm,
1: I'm more interested in the Dodgers lefties than he
0: yeah, no. He's, he's trash versus lefties. Let's just get to the bats here. Obviously, Eflin, just horrible numbers versus lefties all season long. Horrible numbers against lefties in the past. Just hasn't been a great pitcher. They're playing over in Philly, so it's a little bit better of a ballpark than Dodgers. What Dodgers bats are you targeting?
1: All of them. They say, all seem underpriced. It, it seems like a weird slate where... Uh, we got we got a lot of stacks that are really underpriced for their team totals. I mean, you got uh, if, even if you just take all the lefties. I mean, Peterson is forty two hundred. Seeger, who's back from the the IL, if he's batting second, forty two hundred uh, at shortstop. I think that's a slam dunk. Bellinger's only fifty one hundred when we've normally seen him at fifty six fifty eight hundred. Muncie's second base, eligible at forty six hundred. I mean, Pollock is a righty, but I mean, he's 3,400 back from the IL. Verdugo, if he's in the lineup, he's the lefty, he's 4,100. So I could see outside of the Coors game that uh, the Dodgers lefties or some five-man stack, which includes Turner or Pollock uh, or even Austin Barnes at a cheap 2.9K to fill a catcher spot, I think could be fairly popular on a slate where if you're not really paying up for pitching, you could afford everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The Dodgers only have, what, the fifth, sixth highest implied run total on the slate. They're at 5.4 runs. We have the Red Sox over six, Cleveland over 5.5, the Coors game, and then we have a few other decent teams. But, like, everyone's got a high run implied run total. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to get nearly the ownership they should, even though they have a cheap price tag. I mean, obviously, Pollock will be fairly chalky here. But I'm right there with you. I love all these bats here. They obviously – are fantastic lefty bats. I mean, Peterson, Bellinger, both been two of the best bats in the league this year. is coming around a bit. um, And Muncy has been just fantastic. They're all priced too cheap. I'm right there with you on the Dodgers bats. What about the Philly bats going up against Kershaw or Bueller?
1: Well, typically against Kershaw, although I'm not going to play him, I don't like stacking against him. He does get enough strikeouts. He does limit hard contact that I don't think that he'll he'll get blown up for eight runs. But if I were to choose, uh, I mean, the Phillies prices are... Cheap on the uh, the righty side, where you can fill the third base spot with Kingery. Segura's uh, thirty eight hundred. I mean, look at these guys. I mean, Reese Hoskins is forty two hundred. Real Muto's catcher eligible, uh, thirty eight hundred. I um, I wouldn't take four of them, but I wouldn't be opposed on a one off basis of plugging one of these guys in uh, and and looking for the one bomb that he gives up.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, Hoskins is probably my favorite. Followed by Real Muto. Those price tags are just too cheap, so. One off bats on the Philly side. I don't really have a problem with anyone outside of probably Bruce, Hernandez, and maybe Harper, but Harper's even still pretty cheap at 4100 So I'm right there with you. Let's move on to the next game here. It is the Red Sox versus Toronto. We have Thornton going up against Porcello. Let's start on the, with Thornton here. He's played well against Boston the last two games he's gone up against him. Surprisingly done well, but they do have a 6.2 implied run total. You have any interest at Thornton at just
1: 6.8K? You say the word just 6.8K? I mean, Porce- uh, I, I mean Porcello's cheaper. Musgrove is cheaper. I mean, I'm, I'm not in the business, uh, even in GPP, even if he's 2% of playing a pitcher against a team that has an implied run total of
0: 6.2. I mean, that's understandable. Um, but I, I get that Thornton has been worse recently. He does have some strikeout upside, and Boston's been on fire I don't know. I guess, yeah, you're right. There's just too many other options at cheaper around the same price range here. I don't really know if we have to go there. So, yeah, we, on the other side, we got Porcello going up against a much worse team. Granted, he has a lower strikeout rate, but he's a guy that's been good in the past. Only 6.3K. Any interest in him going up against the Toronto team that can either blow up any pitcher or can get just destroyed by any pitcher?
1: I'm more of a fan usually of stacking against Porcello because he does give up contact. But I mean, at 6.3K against the Blue Jays, I mean, I got to put him in the mix. I mean, I'm going to be making 100 plus lineups uh, and, and I, I can't see not using him. But I also have a, pred- a predilection of, uh, of if the, the, the Jays bats are going to be virtually unowned against him. Like, I have no problem doing that as well in my 100 lineup mix.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, Porcell's is definitely in the range. I want a lot of high priced bats on today's slate, so I'm almost entirely looking at guys under 8K on this slate here. So, Porcell is definitely a guy that's in it, but you're right, he can get beat up here. I mean, we've got Biggio that strikes out a huge clip, Grichik, Smoke all strike out at large clips. Gioscar, if he's in the lineup there, strikes out a large clip, but. He gives up so much contact, and he's been a lot worse versus lefties than righties this year. I mean, Biggio, Sogard, both fantastic plays, in my opinion. Granted, they're going to be high-priced, but if you're paying down for pitching, you're going to have money to pay up for guys. They're going to come in at no ownership because no one really wants to pay 4.7 for Sogard, 4.3 for Galvis, 4.5 for – or 5.3 for Guerrero, 4.5 for Biggio. If you can get guys like the, White Sox, or the Red Sox or the Dodgers or some Coors guys like – People don't like paying up for high-priced guys on a low implied run total, but is absolutely a guy that can give up a whole bunch of so I'm right there with you. What about over on the Red Sox side? Are you going to be using any of these bats, even though Thornton's been well against them the last two games? I mean, that implied total is so darn high.
1: Yep, the problem is, is that it's high and the prices are high. Uh, the only reason I could see using the Red Sox uh, as a stack, like as a five-man stack, is if the aggregate stack ownership is going to be so low because people are going to be on the Dodgers, they're going to be in the 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 Wrigley game may have a ton of wind, the Coors game. So I mean, I could see a guy like Rafael Devers at fifty five hundred being sub eight percent owned at that price. I could see definitely see Bogarts at fifty three hundred being sub five percent owned. I think Betts and, and Martinez and Benintendi will will get some ownership. I mean, no one's going to pay $4,700 for Christian Vasquez. Uh, I mean, you always get the the Jackie Bradley. Oh, he could could do something. Uh, But outside of for ownership reasons, I just don't think their expectation for these salaries is high enough in comparison to other stacks that are on the slate.
0: I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, the problem is 6.2 is too high. Thornton still gives up a whole bunch of hard contact. Obviously, a bunch of guys in this lineup can hit bombs. I mean, J.D., Bogarts comes in at too low ownership because every single day he's just cheaper or sorry more expensive than Mookie and JD and same thing with Devers. Devers has been absolutely crushing since uh, before the all-star break and like he's just playing really well going up against a guy that gives up a whole lot of hard contact. I I, I think I'm on the other side. Uh, I think that I really like the Red Sox stack today. I don't think they're gonna come in at huge ownership because of all the high run totals and their high price tags. I don't have any interest in any expensive pitchers today. So I, I really like the Red Sox bats. I really like them as a stack. Obviously, Mookie and JD are two guys that will look as one-offs. And I'm willing to use most of these guys. And, I mean, if you really want to make it cheaper stack, just throw JBJ in there at 3.8K uh, instead of a guy like JD or Mookie. And you automatically have a different stack. So, But,
1: but they're also expensive. Like, I, they're all outfield eligible. Like the problem with the, the Red Sox that I have with stacking them is that like I don't like using all three outfield spots in a stack because it's so much high opportunity cost that it's like the only way I could make that five man stack is taking Devers, Bogarts, one of two of the three outfielders, and then just overpay for Vasquez or play Chav- Chavis or Holt at home, not guaranteed in the ninth inning with the bottom of the lineup. It just like I, I like the Red Sox, it's just that I, I can't see putting the stack together with, like, I'd want to play all three outfielders, but I know that's probably a suboptimal move.
0: I mean, on certain slates, that's absolutely correct, but we have so many high-implied team total games, and we have a lot of those games that actually have good infielders. I mean, just look at the Cubs. You can play Rizzo at first base. You can play Bryant at third. You can play Baez at short. Like, if you don't want to go with Devers or Bogarts, you can go with them, or you can just go straight over to the L.A. game, and you can easily double-stack it. Throw a guy like Jocken at first, Muncie at second. Seager at third, and then throwing a cheap catcher. You can double stack up this Red Sox team with a whole bunch of other teams on this slate here. So I'm kind of with you sometimes when it comes to not playing three outfielders in one lineup when I'm trying to stack up, especially if I'm trying to double stack. But today's slate, we actually have a bunch of teams with high run totals with a whole bunch of power upside going up against some bad pitchers where we can actually use infielders. And so it's not too hard to make a double stack here so, I mean, that's just, that's just how I'm on it. So, but, I mean, obviously, fantasy draft. But it doesn't really matter. So, play over on fantasy draft, and you can stack them up any way you want and still be fine. Uh, let's move to the next game here. We have New York versus Tampa Bay. We have Snell versus Paxton. Only an 8.6 or 8.5 run total here. Let's start off with Snell, who's obviously been not nearly as good of a pitcher as he was at the beginning of the season. Still has a ton of upside going up against a very tough Yankees team. 10K,
1: though, are you using Snell on this slate? If he's, if he's under 10% owned, I will. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get the sense. I mean, obviously, this is, this is a, a morning podcast, so we don't necessarily get that much of a sense of ownership. But I, I, I'm under the impression that people are going to be scared to use Snell against the Yankees. But I just want to know, like, how much? Because, like, if you don't pay for up for a pitcher in this game, you're probably not going to pay all the way up for Luis Castillo at 11.8. And, like, just like I, what you said, with the, I'm under the impression that that, that you're just going to pay down twice and pay for all the bats. So, like, if you're going to pay up, like, who else would it be? So, like, I'm not even sure if Snell's even going to be, you know, that low owned. I mean, Snell on this slate could end up being 20% owned. Paxton could be 20% owned. And at that point, I'd rather, I'd rather not play him. But you can't say that Snell, even against this Yankees lineup, doesn't have the upside to give you 35 points.
0: I mean, honestly, I think Paxton's going to be the guy that people actually pay up for. I'm right there with you on Snell. He's going to be low-priced. I have some interest in him, but, yeah, we'll have to wait until tomorrow. But looking at the implied run totals of all these teams, I mean, all the aces, even Kershaw has a 4.2 implied run total against him. G. has a 4.3 implied run total against him. Snell is one of the highest of the high-priced guys that has – a uh, four point six run total against him. I think Paxton's going to be the chalkier guy. He crushed this team last time. Tampa Bay struggled versus lefties all seasons long. Are you planning on using Paxton
1: at all? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I'm going to be using Paxton regardless of his ownership. Although, like, if he if he gets to like over thirty thirty five, I'll probably be under that and and doing a lot of uh two cheap pitcher lineups anyway. But uh, you, you can't argue with the fact that 9,300, even though his leash tends to be shorter. I mean, but, I mean, he's, he'll get 100 pitches. And uh, on this type of slate, like, like it, who are we, who we rostering? Like, if the, if the top-end pitchers don't do well, it's like, like, are we really expecting, like, Adam Plutko to, to put up a 30-point score? Like, I just think the, the opportunity cost uh, for paying up a pitcher uh, doesn't matter that much. That like even if Paxton comes in a 35% ownership, that may even be efficient for this slate given the context.
0: Yeah, I mean anything can happen. This is baseball, and granted, it is hot weather, but I mean we saw we literally saw it last Friday. There were seven pitchers that had over 25 points. This is the kind of the same exact slate. There aren't really there's a lot of good pitchers in bad spots, and there are a lot of not great pitchers that are actually in pretty good spots. I could see. Multiple guys getting over 25 points here. I mean, the ceiling isn't quite what Paxton's is, which is as high as 40. Um, but the likely outcome for a lot of these guys in the 6 7K range is going to be around 25 points. So I think you're better off trying to get a lot of them. But, I mean, if Paxton's going to be super high-owned, I don't really have much interest in him. Granny's going up against Tampa Bay. He's had some struggles recently, and he did just crush this team last game. But it's being played over in New York this time, which is not as good of a park or it's a much better ballpark for hitting here. Paxton's going to be super chalky. I'm not sure if I want to do it. He's been getting hit too hard recently, and I don't really have a huge amount of interest in playing an overly chalky pitcher in any spot when there's a decent shot that he actually gets blown up here because, oh, I guess let's get to the Tampa Bay Bats. There are some decent ones in this lineup here. And granted, we like a lot of the lefties, Choi, Lau, D, De- or Meadows. Um, some of them might not be in the lineup, but even these righties, Broussard, Adonis, Darno, Pham, Diaz, Garcia are all very good bats here. Are you targeting any of these Tampa Bay bats trying to do a leverage spot going up against one of the chalkier pitchers on the slate?
1: Uh, if anything, I, st- I still don't see Paxton getting blown up, and the Yankees' bullpen isn't bad. I mean, I like Darno if he's batting third because he fills a catcher spot. I'm not going to fall into the trap because if Meadows doesn't start and we have this uh, uh, Guillermo Heredia leading off at 2,500, like, I'm not plugging in that zero because it's inevitably going to happen. Now, if you're going to stack the Rays, then you're sure throw them in. But uh, I mean, the the I just look at the prices on this and go like the Rays are comparably priced to like some of the Dodgers, even and some and some of I mean some of the Indians. And like, I know it's a leverage spot, but I mean, I'm not going to take five of them. But I could see taking one in in some lineups. But it, typically, it'll be a place where it's it's a hard to fill spot. So that's why I, I picked Darno at catcher. If anything, I mean. Brousseau has gotten up, but he's not cheap-cheap anymore. He's second, third base eligible. Adam has – typically is even better against righties, so the polluted advantage doesn't really matter that much for him. So just like – I would consider the leverage play of stacking against Paxton. It's just that I just don't like the prices.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I'm I'm not real high on a full stack here, but taking two or three of the power bats here – Versailles is only 3.7K, Garcia's 4K, Diaz is 4.2, Darin 3.6, Fams 4.4. I don't mind going with three of them there. I mean, you mentioned that we have a lot of other good batters in other spots that are just as cheap, but there is some value options on the slate. And like I said, I'm paying down at pitchers, so it's not going to be hard to fit in these guys, even with three or four high-priced bats with them. So I, I like the Tampa Bay bats a little bit more. I wouldn't full-on stack them, but – A little mini stack is kind of where I'd go and take a little one-off power bats with Fam, Diaz, Sarr, and Adamas. But that's just me. Let's go over to the New York side, going up against Snell. I mean, are you thinking about stacking the Yankees? Because they're pretty much in play for stacking every single day.
1: Well, not with two first basemen eligible. I mean, if Voight and Carnacion are both in the lineup, it's going to be hard to stack with the 3-5 guys, you know, in that spot. I mean – out of anyone, I think uh, the underowned. I don't even know if he's going to probably be underowned, given the context of the slate going against Snell is taking Aaron Judge at forty six hundred. Because if there's anyone that's going to hit a bomb off of him in Yankee Stadium, it's going to be it's going to be Judge. But outside of that, like you yeah, Gary Sanchez forty four hundred fills a catcher spot, but out I just don't see playing any more than one or two of them if I wanted to on a ten game slate where. You know, there are plenty of other pitchers to to, to pick on that Snell could have an average outing, and it's not like the Yankees even get there.
0: Yeah, it's still the Yankees, though. I mean, they can beat up pretty much anyone. They got a whole lot of right-handed bats. You mentioned Voight and Encarnacion kind of taken away. You can't play both of them, but Encarnacion's only 4.1K, and you got Glaber Torres probably batting in the 8-hole here. You got Austin Hicks at 4.3K, the Yankees lineup is so deep, one through eight. And, I mean, Gardner's not terrible going up against the righty, but as a lefty, I don't mind a full stack here. Honestly, in big field tournaments, it's not a terrible idea. They're going to come in with almost no ownership because they're going up against Snell, but Snell is not the same pitcher the second half of the season. I mean, you just look at his starts recently, and, yes, he did just have a 35-point outing, but you look at the rest of them, he had two negative outings in his last five, one of which was against the Yankees, and he gave up six earned runs in the first, only made one out, This could very easily turn into a blow-up for him because the Yankees can crush versus any given pitcher here. I'm a little higher on the Yankees than you are, but I understand not going with him, and I do like the call of Judge as a one-off, and obviously Gary Sanchez filling in the catcher role Only 4.4K. You're not going to find that too often, so I don't mind it. I'm higher on it than you, but I understand your trepidation with him. Let's move on to the next game here. Daniel Norris going up against Adam Plutko. We have a 10 implied total or a 10 over under here. Norris only 4.2K. I have, I do not want to play him, but I may be forced to here. Are you on the same page?
1: I just don't think there's a need for it. I think you could play Porcello and Musgrove. You could, you could, you could play even Hauser. I mean, you, you, you could play, I mean, there's so many other choices at that range that I like the Indian bat prices better than i like daniel norris's 4200 price
0: i mean yeah it's understandable i i'm right there with you but with all the top tier pitchers probably coming in at low ownership because people are going to want to pay it for bats here and none of these guys are in good spots i mean a norris uh a norris snell combo could be better than like a porcello Plutko combo here and i was scoring by about 15 points here i don't know if norris Is going to do well here. He could very easily get blown up, but the 4.2K price tag is by far the cheapest on the slate out of any of the guys that are actually usable. 15 points is not out of the realm of possibility. He literally just did it three games ago while putting up or giving up six earned runs versus Cleveland. So I... I like Norris today, and I hate myself for it. I mean, he's that overlying numbers there, 18% K rate, not great, but he still has a 417 x He gets some ground balls here, and the bottom of this Cleveland lineup actually has some strikeouts in it. I have a lot more interest in Norris than you, but I understand I'm going to be using a lot of them, and my day could easily go up in flames very quickly. What about over them the other side with
1: Plutko? I'll have zero plug. I'm more interested in the Tiger bats. Then Plutko at 7,800. If Plutko was 5,800, I'd consider it. And I know you're going to say the Tigers are horrible, but we just saw them put up 12 runs. Uh, Plutko is a a high fly ball pitcher, high hard contact pitcher. It's either that or a strikeout. And uh, the Tigers, outside of maybe one or two of their guys, they all all have decent enough power that, like, I don't see a Plutko – 25 point game i'm actually more interested in taking tigers one-offs against them
0: i mean i understand that he did just put up 21 points against detroit what five games ago um and like looking at the slate we've seen this kind of thing before here where pleco a guy not quite like Miklos, but very similar in the fact that they don't really walk any guys they throw a bunch of strikes here so going up against a team like detroit the The ball's going to be put in play quite a bit, but there is a lot of strikeouts in this lineup here. I mean, look all the way up and down. There's a 25% K rate in this Detroit lineup here. I don't know if I'll end up going with Plutko, considering how good the 6K range guys are, but if I have a stack that I like and I throw in a pitcher and I have almost 8K left, Plutko's the guy that I'm going with. I'm not going to take Nikolas over him, even going up against Pittsburgh. I'm not going to take Eflin. I'm not going to take Eunice. I'm probably not going to go with three. I'd much rather go with Plutko than a lot of these guys, but I'm not going to change my lineups too much to get it. I think he can get five strikeouts here. I think he can go seven innings, and I think he can go without giving up more than one to two earned runs. So that's enough to get me there, I think. I have some interest in him, but I'm not going out of my way. So you're like Detroit bats. Please explain to
1: me why. Because take a look at Plutko's, uh, what, 50% fly ball rate? Reverse splits, I mean, I take a look at Castellanos. If Dixon's in the lineup over Miggy, I, I like him. Uh, I mean, you could always, I mean, Kristen Stewart, uh, platoon advantage, I mean, the prices are cheap. 3500 for Stewart, 4200 for Castellanos. You could even throw in, if you want, Candelario, maybe $3,800. I mean, th- I mean, if you were stacking, maybe. Hicks is cheap at $2,800. I'm not. i am not thrilled with the Tigers. I'm never thrilled with the Tigers. But when I see a guy that could give up home runs, uh, it's not some place where I'm looking to stack against him, but I, I I have to be interested in some of the power bats.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. The price tags aren't too bad. Cassiano's always a guy that I'm looking as a one-off. I'm probably just going to stay away for the most part unless it looks like is actually going to be a chalk option, which...
1: I can't see that being. I'd Not at 7,800. So, I mean,
0: look at the... I mean, I think it's going to be him and Miklos are going to be a lot chalkier than you think. They have a Pittsburgh has a 3.9 implied run total, although weather could be a potential issue there. And Detroit has a 4.3 implied run total. I think that Pleco might actually be chalkier than you do, but we'll see tomorrow. It's early on the slate, but if he is looking chalky, then I'm probably with you. I'll play some Detroit bats, but otherwise, I'm just staying away. What about Cleveland bats going up against Norris?
1: Give give me all the right-handed-sided bats. Look! Look out! Look out! Uh, outside of Lindor, uh, forty nine hundred, but he fits the shortstop spot, so I don't mind. Carlos Santana, I'm not a big fan of paying five K for him, but you got Luplow at, at thirty nine hundred. I mean, Daniel Norris doesn't strike anyone out, so like, I'm not concerned about the strikeouts with a guy like Luplow. If he's going to make contact, it's going to be over the fence. And he, Jose Ramirez actually is half, doing halfway decently now. Roberto Perez is a power hitter, apparently, now. So he fills a catcher spot. So it's very easy for me to get something like Lindor, Santana, Ramirez, Perez, and then you throw in either one of Mercado or or, or Luplo. I think that makes for a great five-man stack on a team that has a 5.8 implied team total.
0: Yeah, and I honestly don't hate Kipnis. I know he hasn't been great. It's a lefty-lefty matchup, but Norris is probably only going to make it five innings if that – Norris is not a great strikeout pitcher, so the ball's going to be put in play quite a bit. Uh, and on top of all that, he's going to get multiple innings versus a very bad Detroit bullpen. So, yeah, I'm right there with you with a lot of these bats. The 5.8 run total is completely justified, and Kipnis rounding out a stack is going to come in at way lower ownership, and he's only 3.5K, and people aren't going to play the lefty-lefty matchup. So I agree with you. Then. I like you. I like what you're saying here. Next, we got the Chicago versus Cincinnati game here. Um, we have Castillo versus Hendricks, and yeah, there could be weather. Currently per, pegged for 12 mile per hour winds out to center. Castillo, obviously, a great pitcher, but are we paying this price tag for him, considering that he could very end up giving up very easily,
1: end up giving up multiple bombs? I think this is the key game of the entire slate because once this run total comes out, if this total comes out at like 10. Even nine and a half, because it may be lowered because of these pitchers. It's one of those things like the, what, the immovable for the, the, the force and the immovable object, whatever that slogan is, that that it goes, that...
0: Unstoppable uh, force, immovable object.
1: Right, because we got, we got, Castillo's a good pitcher. Hendricks isn't a bad pitcher. He's just not like an ace pitcher. He's not someone that I'm thrilled when I roster. He's a more of a run prevention guy. But, like, the prices of these bats are so low for a game that... The wind may be flying out in Wrigley that are people going to play the bats because of the wind? Or if there's wind, are people going to be less inclined to play the bats because they're good pitchers and also because of the cores ownership? So for me, this is the key game because if I'm going to pivot off a of Coors, I'm going to want to go into the Wrigley wind, especially when both of these sides are priced down because they're facing decent pitchers. And I'm not necessarily scared of Castillo, uh, you know, against uh, guys that are under 4K. I mean, I could, I could play Rizzo at 4K against him. I mean, so, like, yes, he has strikeout upside, but for 11.8K in the wind, I, I, I wouldn't touch him at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. And uh, we did get some early uh, lines of this game, currently set at 9.5, which sounds about right, considering the pitchers here. Chicago's a slight favorite, but a lot of the books took him down. It's probably going to come out similar there. Might go up to ten just because of the wind. But yeah, even with an extreme ground ball pitcher like Castillo, I don't know if there's enough strikeouts in this lineup for me to think about using him considering the wind. What about over on the other side with Hendricks?
1: Nine point five K for a guy that doesn't get enough strikeouts, and there's going to be wind. Uh, I don't Paxton is 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 two hundred cheaper, so I'd rather use a chalky Paxton. Then Hendricks may be 2% down, but like I, I just don't see a path for him to get 20 points.
0: I mean, he is striking out lefties at a whole lot higher clip. There could potentially be Dietrich and Jeanette in there. There's Votto. So there's enough lefties in here where there could potentially be a little bit of strikeout upside. I mean, you say he doesn't strike out a whole lot, guy. It's 21% on the season, but 26.5% K rate versus lefties. He start throwing that change up a whole lot more. He's actually pitching to try and get outs are trying to get strikeouts more to lefties instead of trying to get fly ground balls. It raises his volatility a whole lot considering he gets a lot more fly balls going against lefties. But I I don't know if I'll end up playing him, but there is something to be said if Paxson's going to be super chalky pivoting off him. When we saw him pitch great in a win game like a month and a half ago and end up with almost 30 points, he can do it, especially considering he's going to get a lot of ground balls to righties. and So I, I don't hate him. I'm probably not going to play him, but I, I, I can see the point behind it. What about the bats here? Which ones are you targeting?
1: All of them. If, it's, if, it, if this game is going to be in the wind and is going to get lower ownership due to the pitchers and due to cores, I can't ignore these prices. I mean, like, I'll, I'll take anyone with a decent enough fly ball rate. I mean, on the Reds, Winker's 3,300. Suarez is 3,900. Scooter's 3,100. Puig is 4,100. Dietrich is 3,400. I mean, like, I, I can't say no to these prices. I mean, you could stack. You could stack the Reds and take two 10K pitchers. So uh, there, there's, there's, there's a chance that even though Castillo and Hendricks are decent pitchers, that fly balls turn into home runs. So like, I could. You could take one ups. You could take a stack even on the Cubs side. I mean, you could Schwarber 3600. I mean, that, that, that could be a home run. Baez's fly ball ability at 4,100. Bryant at 4,200. I mean, I just take a look at all the entire lineup, and I go, you, you can make it a case for five-man stacks. You can make a case for one-ups. You can also make a case of fading the game altogether. So, to me, it's all about what's this win going to look like? What's the ownership going to happen? How much is that is going to get sucked out of the Coors game, as well as like maybe the Dodgers, uh, and then deciding from there?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm mostly targeting lefties for the Reds. I mean, Hendricks has always been an incredible ground ball guy. He switched up his pitch type going up against lefties this year, so he's actually given up a bunch of fly balls. 40% fly ball rate, 40% hard contact rate. Like I said, he doesn't he strikes out lefties at a much higher clip. But having Winker in there with a decent amount of power, having Votto in there, having Jeanette in there, having Dietrich in there, all those guys can hit bombs and all of them are pretty decent fly-by-ball guys already. Any one of those guys can have a home run here. I think a lot of the righties are going to end with ground balls. I think Hendricks is going to be trying to get ground balls because of the ballpark and because of the wind. So I'm more targeting the lefties, but, yeah, pretty much anyone's in play because those price tags are just stupid. I don't understand them at all. And the Chicago side, yeah, you mentioned it, everyone's too cheap everyone's too cheap. Shore was 3.6k, Bias is 4.1k, Bryant's 4.2. Like no one's expensive here. So, and you're going to get Almora if he pops the lineup for just 2.7k. Even going up against Castillo, I could see them uh doing well, but I'm probably more focusing on the lefties the Reds in this game.
1: Yeah, to me it's a price play. I think they they're they're cheap because they're good pitchers. But if this if this game had 12-mile-an-hour wing blowing in, We'd be talking about the pitchers and not even caring about the price of the bats.
0: Yeah, we'd lock in both these guys probably right there with you. Uh, Let's move on to the next game here, Atlanta versus Milwaukee. We have Freed versus Hauser here. Let's start off with Freed here. A five implied run total against him. Pitching grade at the beginning of the season has not been the same recently, but only 7.2K. Are you using this guy at all?
1: Uh, If if Freed is going to be under 8% owned, I will be three times the field on him because I think – the main pa- the main threat for the Brewers are, are the lefties, Yelich, Grandal, Moustakis, and, uh, and Thames, if he's in the lineup, but most probably Aguiar would play. I think people are going to be scared to play freed against a five implied total. And typically people are scared to play pitchers against the Brewers. Uh, I could see him being low owned uh, with Porcello, Musgrove, Mikolas, all the other cheaper pitchers out there that, like the Brewers have shown that they could strike out like as the best of them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past thinking that Freed could, could have an eight strikeout performance. Now he also has a, has a chance of giving up eight runs. So that's why to me, it's the, the ownership that matters the most that if, if no one's going to be on Freed and people are going to be taking bats against him, like I have no problem in, in a mixed a hundred lineups, you know, I don't mind playing 20%, 25% of him if he's only going to be 6 to 8% owned.
0: Yeah, he's one of my favorite guys on the board here. Uh, should come in a little bit lower on. This guy has very good stuff. And the biggest thing going up against Milwaukee is the fact that, like, the left-handed power at the Ballpark's great for it. And Freed only has a 19.7% fly ball rate versus lefties. Pretty much the same versus righties. Huge ground ball pitcher. So I'm not really worried about the home runs here. So all these power bats that Milwaukee has, they can't, you mentioned it already. They can strike out a decent clip here. So I really, really like free today. What about over on the other side
1: with Hauser? Uh, I, I, I can't touch Hauser against the, against the Braves. I think the Braves are a better hitting team than the Brewers. And although the bats on the Braves side are expensive, so I don't think that many people are going to play them. Like I'm not thrilled about playing. It's the same thing with like Daniel Norris at 4,200. Just that. It, Hauser, who's now turned into a starter, like he's not going to have the, the longest of leashes if he's not pitching well. And I just think there's too much variance at 5,300 that I, I, I could play two cheaper pitchers and I don't need him.
0: Yeah, right there with you. No interest in Hauser at all, even though he is really cheap. He has not been great since he's put into the starting rotation here. He has good season numbers because of how much work he was doing out of the bullpen. But overall, like, he's not been doing well as a starting pitcher here. Probably going to get yanked after four innings. Milwaukee has a very good bullpen. I have no interest in Hauser. I have no interest in any of the Atlanta bats outside of maybe Freeman. They're too expensive, and I don't see a huge amount of upside going up against a good bullpen, too. Are you using any Atlanta bats?
1: The, the only re- to me, the only reason that I would consider using Atlanta bats is if, if they're going to be a 2%-owned stack because of their prices. Uh, I could take a shot on it. But like you said, outside of Freeman, I'm not paying 5100 for Donaldson. I'm not paying 5k for Swanson. I mean, I could see taking sure Riley or Cunha as a one off, but I think the the opportunity cost at outfield is so high. Like I'll take bets from JD Martinez at those prices in the Red Sox game if I want to. It's 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 more that like I would love to love the Braves in this matchup, but the prices make me not want to play them.
0: Yeah, yeah, right there with you. I'm just mostly crossing him off. We're right over on the other side with Milwaukee.
1: Well, Milwaukee, if you can attack Freed, I mean, it would be like someone like Braun or Aguiar, which I'm not thrilled about playing him because he'll get pinch hit for at some point. Uh, I mean, you're a batting seventh at 4,600 seems way too overpriced. I mean, you could play Kane, but I'm not a big fan of playing him outside of a stack because he really doesn't have like power. Uh, so, and obviously you could always make a case for grand Isle at 4,500 cause he fills a catcher spot, but uh, they're, they're just are better spots on this slate than to, to it's not that I'm afraid of free. It's just that they're just better spots than Milwaukee taking like the lefty bats without the platoon advantage.
0: Yeah. Right there with you. I'm just X them off. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, St. Louis versus Pittsburgh. We have a 8.5 implied run total or a total Lowest on the slate, I think, or second lowest on the slate here. Uh, we have Musgrove going versus Mikolas. Musgrove priced at five point eight k. We already talked about him a little bit. You're using him, I'm
1: guessing. Yeah, I always use Musgrove. Musgrove is my guy because I mean he should. To, truthfully, like even in this this matchup, which the Cardinals are are a bad team, uh, he shouldn't be five point eight k. Like you get, you can make the case that he should be seven k in this type of matchup. And he's just criminal. I don't want to say criminally underpriced cause he's not that great of a pitcher, but, but he is underpriced against a, a, a Cardinals team that, that righty, righty, like they're, they're not all that great. I know they, they did some damage to Greinke, uh, uh, the past day, but like I've played Cardinals bats so much this season. I know how bad they are because I, I see my green number going down. Uh, so, uh, and I'm not that interested in the Cardinals' bats, even at their prices, because there are other cheap bats on this slate. So I don't even see playing the bats. So uh, now if Musgrove turns out to be 30% owned or something, I'd temper my exposure to him. But I think more people will be interested in, in, like, Porcello, that Musgrove's ownership may get into, like, maybe the 15 to 18% range. And then I could see playing a little bit over the field of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm using quite a bit of Musgrove. A lot of varieties in this lineup. He's much better versus varieties, and he just doesn't walk, guys. So I'm a little bit less worried. The only time St. Louis ever does damage is when they walk a lot. They got probably a will have in the lineup. That's a whole lot more K upside here. Musgrove is too cheap. What about over on the other side with Miklas?
1: 8K. I can't pay 8K for a guy that – like the, the Pirates don't strike out enough. Uh, they got enough lefty bats in their lineup that – I just that they're a better options. If Mikolas was sixty five hundred, I consider it. But I don't consider he he's the type of pitcher that if he if he gets hurt in one inning, like he just doesn't get enough strikeouts to get out of that hole. So I, I think it's more Mikolas is avoiding landmines than you're you're rostering him to get twenty points.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not using him. Don't see upside. His price is too much. I could It's him and Pluck are kind of the same thing. If I have the exact same price or amount of money left, I might throw him in, but I don't really have any interest in using him, even with him having one of the lowest implied totals on the slate. What about Pittsburgh bats?
1: No one ever plays Pittsburgh bats. That's the reason why you should play Pittsburgh bats. Uh, I don't think anyone's playing Josh Bell at 5,300 on this slate with, with all the other options that you could have at first base. Uh, I think you could always take a one-off, plug him in Corey Dickerson With the platoon advantage of 3,600. I mean, you could make a case for anyone individually. Colin Moran, it's 3,700. I don't see it as a stack, but the Pirates, like it doesn't matter who they're up against. They're always low-owned. So uh, that would be the only case for them. If if I see any of these guys more than than 7% owned, then I wouldn't play them, but I, I just don't see any of them getting that.
0: Yeah, and people generally don't stack too much against Mikolas. So, yeah, I'm right there with you on Pittsburgh. I'll probably use them in big field tournaments, but that, that's my main exposure to them. That's just because they're going to have such low ownership because they only have a 3.9 implied run total. They're Pittsburgh, and me, people don't stack against Mikolas. What over, about over the other side with St. Louis bats? You said you don't really have interest in them,
1: even though they're cheap. Even though they're cheap, but I could get Indians bats for that price. I could get – I just look at, like, that the Wrigley game. I could get bats at that price. So, like, I, I've done this before. It's like, like but what's the definition of crazy? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's what I've been doing with the Cardinals a lot of this year. And although individual guys could go off, like, the stack is just not paid off, like, ever. If anyone, it would be like DeJong because he fills a shortstop spot. I know Carpenter has the platoon advantage, but he's been horrible. So I, I don't even know about paying for him. And they got a whole bunch of outfielders that just too much opportunity cost that I would want to have them. So, like, yeah, they're cheap enough to stack. You could always play Goldie at 3,800, but you got a ton of other first basemen. Uh, I mean, it could happen. We've seen Musgrove get killed. The Pirates don't have a good bullpen. So, yeah, sure, the Cardinals could have put up 10 runs. But uh, if you made that bet every day, you'd probably be broke.
0: Yep, Cardinals are dead to me. We're moving on. Uh, Sox versus Royals here. We got Giolito going up against Eunice. We have a nine implied total here. Giolito the favorite here. Obviously crazy expensive on the slate. Royals have been better recently, but there's some strikeout upside. Giolito's an ace. Are you using any Giolito here?
1: I may have zero. I never lose Giolito. I come from the Cardi uh, bat Uh, chat channel where Giolito because once you take in his long-term form Giolito's I know I know he changed his pitches I know you don't have to tell me that this year is different than last year but uh, at 11.2k like he need he needs a perfect Giolito outing to pay that salary off and with all the other cheaper pitching options like I just to me it just seems like there's all downside in that price like the best case scenario even if he does get hit up a little, is he gives you 22 or something. I just don't see against the Royals. I know they're bad, uh, but I, I, just don't, I just don't see 35 points out of I, I never do. I, it's a guy that I, I rarely ever use until he's going to get under a 10K, which DraftKings, they're never going to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I used him a whole bunch in the last year and a half. Uh, His price tag makes it a little bit tough to use him, but I still think he's in play. I mean, he's a good pitcher. He has 40-point upside, realistically. They'll let him go later into the game because their bullpen is absolute trash here. Kansas City is not that great of a team. Like, they have some bats in there, but it's still being played over in Kansas City, which I know that they've given up a whole lot of runs during the year, but the one's going to be blowing in a little bit. It's only going to be 81 degrees there. So, I have some interest in Giolito, not a lot. Don't know how much I'll end up with him, but he's definitely in play for me. What about Eunice over on the other side going up against a very high strikeout White Sox team? Uh,
1: I think Eunice has one of the widest range of outcomes for this matchup. Uh, uh, he could he could get 25 points. He could get negative 12. So uh, if you're fine with that variance, I think uh, if he's under 10% owned, I may have some of him, but if he, if he's, if he gains any traction, like, I'll have zero, and I'll be playing uh, White Sox bats against him.
0: All right. Uh, I'll have a little bit of Eunice, but I'm not over it. Like, it's just a high strikeout matchup and not the greatest hitter's ballpark, so I'll have a little bit of him. You said you're using White Sox bats. guess you're starting with Moncada, Brayu, Jimenez, probably.
1: And McCann, because he fills a catcher spot bat, batting cleanup. I mean, I don't like the bottom of this order. I don't like, is there like Yomer Sanchez or Cordell, or now they have A.J. Reed up. I mean, oh, I mean, when you talk about strikeouts, this, this lineup has a lot of strikeouts in it. So that's typically in stacks. I don't necessarily like stacking high strikeout teams because it just kills rallies all the time. Uh, but if I were, it would be something like a one, two, three, four, six, Garcia, Moncada, Abreu, McCann, Jimenez. But in more likelihood, I, I'd, I'd be more inclined to use White Sox as like the, the three man part of a five, three stack where I'm using, uh, like, McCann as the catcher and, like, Abreu, Mankata, K- and doing something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. I, I, I'm mostly just going to use power one-off bats with Mankata, Abreu, Jimenez, and McCann. But uh, you, you can stack if you really want. But I, I'm probably just going to do one-off bats. Uh, what about over on the KC side versus Giolito? Any
1: interest... Well, I think that I, the same thing applies. Same thing I said with the White Sox applies to the Royals. I think uh, uh, Mondesi, Dozier and Soler would be my my three options there. I mean, I mean you could stack, but I mean you're stacking the Royals for crying out loud. I mean, I know I did it this fast late and it wasn't that bad, but like the bottom of the lineup is atrocious. I mean, if Cuthbert Starling, I mean they're they're really cheap, but the, as the home team, you're not guaranteed ninth inning at bats. Like, I'm more likely to use like two, three, five as, as a three man than, than play all five, or just use like wh- one of those three as a one off and uh, and then move elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I don't stack against Giulio. Hunter Dozier would probably be the one guy I would use or Soler just because they're pressed under 4K. I know there's a lot of other guys on the slate that are pressed under 4K, but both those guys are cheap enough considering their power upside where right? I don't mind taking them as one off. glio has been giving up a little bit more power recently. But that's pretty much it to me. Let's move on to the Colorado game. No pitching, right? We're not using pitchers.
1: <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, they're going to be cheap, right? You don't want to use Chi-Chi or Derek Rodriguez?
0: Not when I can get Derek Norris. It's cheaper and less likely to get blown up.
1: Uh, yeah, Weirder things have happened. I mean, no. Uh, we're obviously kidding. Uh, if these pitchers are 1% don't, I still have 0% of them.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk bats. Let's go with San Francisco.
1: Okay, we don't even have them playing the second game of the doubleheader. We're not even sure who's going to exactly be in the lineups. I mean, we can obviously guess the core of stuff, but it's quite obvious that the the Giants bats are underpriced for cores versus the Rockies, who are kind of normally priced for cores. Uh, If you're going to play two uh, cheap pitchers, you can fit a Colorado stack. Uh, The problem is, is that, Anyone else that's playing two cheap pitchers is probably playing a Colorado stack. So I'm more inclined in GPPs to play Rockies one offs or three mans versus the stack in that type of lineup construction. But I think I'm more likely to play the five man stack on the Giants side only because you could then also pay up for pitching because, like, Brandon Belt leading off in cores uh, with the platoon advantage uh, for 4,400. Seems like seems like a, a lock to me at first base. The only question is, how owned is he going to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is you say that people are probably going to be using two low-priced pitchers in order to get a Colorado stack in. We have the Cincinnati and Chicago game where they're all just ridiculously low-priced. You can fit a four-man Colorado stack in with a four-man Reds or Chicago stack pretty easily here and still get one decent pitcher with one cheap pitcher. I don't know if exactly, I mean, obviously I haven't built anything yet, but, uh, I mean, it's 88 degrees, it's Colorado, and it's two trash pitchers. Everyone's very much in play, both righties and lefties, all the way up and down the lineup. Like, you can play anyone, top guys being Dahl, Arnato, Story, Blackman. D-Rod's probably only going to come in for about three innings and they're going to have that Giants bullpen. So I'm really not worried too much about lefties or righties when it comes to, uh, with Colorado. I'm just going to play any of them. Over on the other side, Chi-Chi's terrible to both sides of the plate. He's not a good pitcher at all. He's been better versus righties this year, but he has almost no sample size. We don't have a big sample size. We're going to slum. He splits neutral, so slight upgrade to guys like Belt. Vote if he's in the lineup, which if Posey's starting the first game, in likelihood it's going to be vote. that's going to be starting the second game. Uh, but, yeah, pretty much all of these guys are very much in play here. Play Rockies bats. Play San Francisco bats or fade him because of ownership. It's the same thing every other slate. This just happens to be worse pitching than normal and better hitting munitions.
1: Right, and don't forget Brandon Crawford at 3,700 if you're going to play a Giant stack because to fill a position like that, that cheap in cores when you're already playing Giants bats, seems like like he would be a staple for, for anyone that I play on that side of the game.
0: Yeah, but it's also not a terrible idea to fade him because everyone's going to be doing the same thing. So, But yeah, just from not ownership, not run, run, run game theory perspective, That's that's pretty much true here. Let's move on to the last game of the night here. We got Griffin Canning going up against – it's going to be James opening, and then it's going to be Valdez coming in afterwards. Uh, I don't know if we have a total for this game yet because they're still not sure about pitching, but it's probably going to come in decently high. It's 80% – or it's 81 degrees out there. going to be fairly humid. And while Canning's a good pitcher, obviously he can get into some troubles. Are you using Canning
1: at all? Uh, probably not. If if he if he's like under five percent down, I may have a little. But I typically I, I don't want to attack the Astros typically ever unless it's an ace pitcher. And paying nine k for Canning just seems stupid when I could pay ninety three hundred for Paxton or even ten k for Snell or go down and pay Max Fried for seventy two hundred. Just if he was if he was one k cheaper, I'd consider him more. But against this Astros lineup, like now that they're more, I mean. Korea isn't back, but I mean they're pretty much healthy, so I, I have no interest whatsoever.
0: Yeah, and realize I didn't start with the other pitcher first. Valdez, any interest in him? He's been trashed the last three outings, but he's actually decent before that. He's only forty
1: six hundred. Well, is Trout going to be in? I think that's going to be the question because he did come out of the last game. So if Trout's, I mean, t- for the Angels, I mean, I mean, Trout is, I mean, the WRC plus, you know, darling. So with him out of the lineup, it, I, I mean, they still have a good lineup, but it's it's significantly weaker, especially with Valdez being a lefty. Uh, recency bias on Valdez is that he's trash, but, I mean, he does generate ground balls, I mean, when he can. Uh, for 4,600, I'm more likely to take a shot on him. Typically, I don't like playing the PLRs, the, uh, the probable long relievers, but if Trout's not in the lineup and and people are going to avoid Valdez then he becomes what like 1% owned, 2% owned. Like I could I could totally see that I don't see the the team totals being that high in this game that for 4600 if he gives me 12 points and I'm able to load up on bats that isn't horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you Valdez. It's just a price play. I'll have some of them, him and Norris. I don't expect them to do great, but if I can get 15 points out of them, I'll be happy. And
1: It's an and, anti-recency bias thing. It's more of the fact that everyone sees that he had three horrible outings, so they're just going to assume the fourth outing is going to be horrible also, and i will take advantage of it.
0: I mean, the, the thing that gets me with the recency bias and what he's done recently is he was striking out guys at a huge clip. Angels don't strike out at a big clip, and he's faced, what, 43 batters, and he struck out five of the last 43 batters. That's not really great, and he's re- realistically more of a ground ball guy than a strikeout guy. Even when he was in the bullpen, he wasn't striking out guys at a huge clip. So that's what gets me, but still, 4,600 is 4,600.
1: What about Houston Bats? They're, still, they're too cheap. I mean, come on, look at this. Altuve's still under 4K for some reason. Uh, Canning uh, has, a, has a high fly ball rate, and he could—he does walk people. Canning's a high variance pitcher. He could have a great outing. He could have a horrific outing. I'm not a big fan of attacking the Angels' bullpen, necessarily. But for these prices, like, th- to me, this is the off-the-board play because if you're not going to play Coors and you're not going to play Wrigley and you're not going to play Boston and you're not going to play the Dodgers, it's like, I, I think the Astros come, come out ownership-wise, like, last out of all of them. And, like, you could st- – I mean, <laughs> you- the Braves are so much more expensive than the Astros, but, I mean, looking at these bats, I mean, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Alvarez, Gurriel, he's going to hit 40 home runs this year. I mean, I, I would avoid Tyler White because he's, I don't know. I, I've never actually watched an Astros game, and I've watched a lot of Astros games. I've never seen him put the ball the play. I think, I think when I see it in the at-bat app or when I see stats, I think they're just making it up because I've literally never seen him do it. But for these prices, I, I have to be interested in the Astros' stack. And if you if you don't want to stack them, I mean, any of these guys is one-off against a guy that gives a fly ball and power. That's perfectly a fine option.
0: Yeah, Houston's my favorite stack on the slate. Um, they get a bit of a ballpark upgrade for home runs. Angels Stadium gives up a lot more home runs. And they're going up against an extreme fly ball pitcher that gives up a lot of hard contact. Randy strikes out guys at a decent clip. But outside of Alvarez – Everyone here puts the ball in play. Everyone here puts the ball in play constantly. Highest strikeout rate in the first seven of the lineup tomorrow outside of Alvarez is going to be Springer at 18%. I worry about Canning not being able to get guys out here. Houston's one of the best offenses in the league and they're priced. Not at all like it. And people don't really like to play guys against Canning. Uh, He's, came up and he just crushed for the first few outings he's an uber good prospect he may, might be great in the long run but people don't play guys against a guy they can see as a very good pitcher here so Houston's my favorite stack and while I love playing Alvarez he's not my favorite guy in the stack just because of going up against a high strikeout pitcher but uh, like everyone's in play everyone won through like you say don't play white I don't care he's 2.4k like I, I've never
1: I've, seen I've never seen him hit the ball
0: I'm yeah, sure that's fine. I'll take a zero illusion. at 2.4K.
1: <laughs> okay. You'll get the zero. But you lock that in, in that zero for 2.4K. Yeah, maybe
0: he'll get a walk and a run. Maybe he'll okay. get by a pitch. Who knows? Cannon can get a little bit wild there. But everyone's playing Trinos at 3.1K batting in the 9-hole. They're playing on the road. Again, very good home run ballpark. I love the Astros there. My favorite stack on the board. Lastly, we got the Angels. Obviously, Mike Trout may or may not play. Are you playing Angels, guys?
1: How do you stack them when everyone's an outfielder? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I had, I, if anyone, I mean, I'll take one offs. I mean, Upton at 3,700 seems too cheap with the platoon advantage. Uh, I mean, you, you can make, I, I can't play boar batting seventh against the lefty. I mean, I mean, Valdez is, is a, is a, a, a ground ball pitcher. So I, I need guys that could get the ball in the air. So to me in this lineup, it's pretty much Trout and Upton if Trout's even in. So, like, with them all being outfield eligible and he got a bunch of guys that really can't hit fly balls, uh, like, one-offs, but not a stack.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I'm, I'm love Upton, but outside of him, like, I'm fine with Calhoun. I'm fine with Atani. James is going to come in and probably pitch an inning and a half. So they might get in that bad against a non-lefty. Valdez is probably going to be only in there for three to four innings in all reality here. So I don't mind the outfielders here. I like Trout. I like Upton regardless, but I don't mind Otani or Calhoun. And even Boar. I'm not terribly against, but that's pretty much it. All right, let's get to the morning grind game, if I can remember exactly what it is because I forget things sometimes. But pitcher under 8K to get, what is it, six or more strikeouts?
1: Uh, You're telling me. (laughs) <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, I
0: guess I'm on this way more than you. Uh, yeah, pitcher under 8K to get six or more
1: strikeouts. Okay, I, I got to stay on brand with Musgrove.
0: All right, I'm going with Freed. Pitcher over 8K to get under 15 points.
1: I, I got to stay on brand with Lucas Giolito. Uh,
0: that's, if you're going to go that bold, I'll go with Castillo. Um, hitter over 4K to hit a home run.
1: Over four or under four K?
0: Over four K to hit a home
1: run. Oh, that's nearly any. I mean, oh well. If you take a look at this slate, there are a lot of hitters that are under four K. Yeah,
0: but you gotta pick. You gotta pick one over four K to hit a home run.
1: Okay, I I gotta go. with Brandon Belt. I'm
0: going with Springer, hitter under four K to get two
1: hits. There's a lot of them, obviously. Oh Jesus, there's go, there's going to be a lot of them. Yeah, uh, well, this is a weird slate. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the chalk. I'm gonna go with Jose Altuve.
0: Ah, darn, you took my guy. That's what I get for being host this time. Um, I'm going to go with Scooter Jeanette. Uh, lastly, stack to get over 6K that's not in Coors. Or, sorry, stack to get over six runs that's not in Coors.
1: I know you're going to say Astros, so I'll give that one to you. I'll, I'll give it I appreciate you. that. I, I mean, I'm used to
0: getting the one I want since I'm not normally the host.
1: Right. I'll, I'll go with the Indians.
0: I like it. I'm taking the Astros. I did not write them down because I'm not Stevie, but thanks for joining me, Cooper. Thank you guys for dealing with me for an hour. Uh, Stevie will be back tomorrow, and I will be with him. And then, Blender, I think you're on later this week, right?
1: Yeah, I'm on occasionally or when I just get messaged out of the blue and say, come on, because I have no life.
0: Yeah, well, you and me both. That's generally (laughs) what I'm doing, too. Just 9 o'clock at night. Hey, Grant, we need you, today. All right, I'll be right there. But in any case, guys, Stevie will be back tomorrow. Make sure to tell him congrats on having a baby sometime. And I don't know how long babies gestate for. I'm guessing sometime in the next three months. But thanks for watching. Good luck on your games tomorrow. We're out of here. See you kids.